Welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast with Corndog and Eric. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast. This is episode 51, September 27th, 2021, in studio, live with Eric in Panaka, Nevada. How's it going, Eric? What's up, guys? We're back. We're back. Glad to have you guys all tuned in tonight, and um, hopefully we can put on a good show. Yeah, we're probably going to go over some stuff real fast. Probably not going to be a long show. Um, We're trying to get back in the swings things. We're planning. We've been doing a lot of racing. Yeah, Um, I apologize. I've been super, super busy. Super busy race schedule, and then just work and life on top of that. It's been crazy, but... uh, we're back and just gonna talk about our upcoming event. Um, we've got a Desert Dirt Biker podcast trail ride. Benefit to send Eric to the Baja 1000. Yeah, so everybody clear your schedules, invite your friends, and uh, we wanna see you out here for the trail ride. We, you know, it's a huge, huge undertaking to, to try and race the Baja 1000. Uh, especially this year with a peninsula run, it goes from Ensenada all the way down to La Paz. So it's uh, it's typically about a 1,200 mile run. Um, logistics can be really difficult for pre-running. We go down, you know, it's kind of a two-week deal where we'll go down for two weeks and pre-run um, the week prior to the race, and then and then just you know work on logistics and. and uh, race prep the week before and tech inspection and all that but um you know the entry fees aren't cheap and bike prep we you know i'll get into a little bit later on the the 400 that we just raced and and the costs associated with rebuilding the bike and stuff with that but anyway we'd really love to have you come out and support the trail ride um this is something we're hoping to do annually and uh you know right now it's just uh a few guys coming out it's a concept we're gonna see you know if we can get a couple buddies out here to ride with us and uh and see what it does you know and then if if it takes off next year we'll look at doing a a full organized event but um you know we got a good day planned for you and it'll be a ton of fun um i've got some of my favorite stuff laid out out here that we'll just go ride as a group of friends and um, it'll be everything from some single track to washes to two track roads. Um, get into seeing some culture of the area where there's some kilns that they use to, to melt the ore out of the local mines and stuff. Um, anyway, just see some really neat country, probably see some wild horses, wildlife, um, you know, and just get out and ride. So hopefully you guys will all try and make it out and uh if you don't make it this year at least let us know that you're interested and uh might you know be willing to come out next year if we are able to organize something for that so um just to give you a little bit of a rundown on our plans for the trail ride we uh we'll meet here in panaca um we'll do october 9th saturday there you go you got the date october 9th it's a saturday um, we'll meet here in Panaca locally. We'll do sign-ups just to kind of check everybody in. We're asking for a donation um, to, again, to help, uh, you know, help the Desert Dirt Biker podcast continue to 
to, to produce content and then as well um, to help our team get to Mexico and race the Baja 1000. So. And everybody that shows up, we have a t-shirt for you, a Desert Dirt Biker podcast t-shirt. And Eric was over at Rocky Mountain today in St. George and they hooked us up. We got everybody that, that shows up with your t-shirt, we will give you a raffle ticket. Yeah, dude, Jason over at Rocky Mountain St. George, Rocky Mountain ATV St. George, their store. Um, Jason over there hooked us up with some awesome product for a raffle. So we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a raffle. We're going to have, um, uh, like Corn like on Seg, with your donation, you'll get a t-shirt, a lunch, a dinner, and an entry to the raffle. So a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. We've got some, uh, aside from the trail ride, we've got some time trial things that we're going to do to just kind of <laughs> make it fun. Um, might throw a curveball at you here or there. So anyway, uh, prep your bike. Come on out October 9th. Be here um, between 8 and 9 a.m. for signups. And then uh, 9.30, little riders meeting. And immediately after the riders meeting, we'll be on, on the road, on course. So. Um, we'll go out, ride, ride the first loop. Should be between thirty and forty-five miles. Haven't uh, fully laid it out yet. I've got it in my mind, and we're going out this week to to just kind of scout some things. But um, should be around thirty-five to forty miles probably for the first loop. We'll stop and do lunch at a lunch spot. Um, we'll have a full lunch and and drinks there for you. Uh, hang out, bench race, talk racing, talk bikes, talk tech tips, whatever you guys want to do. Maybe even do a live show out there, get some of you guys on this podcast and, um, you know, get some of your knowledge and light for the world to hear. So, uh, and then after lunch, we'll bust it out for a second loop again, go see some cultural sites and some things uh, in the area, talk about the area and the history and then uh, come back in and, and finish with a little time trial and some dinner, hang out, and then you guys can split or stay or whatever you want to do. But um, anyway, if that sounds fun, hit us up on our social media. We'll get you a flyer and some more specific information. Um, again, this is just a group of friends going out to ride and, um, and have a good time. So hit us up on our social DM us, direct message. Sooner the better. Instagram, we need a head Facebook. count so we can get food ordered up. and um, Yeah, we kind of need a commitment early enough that we can you know, make sure we got enough food and t-shirts and all that. Cause, uh, Space like, is so kind of limited you, too. I mean, we don't yeah. want to have 9,000 people. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to limit it down to, you know, a, few friends. a handful of friends. Yep. So, um, Wink. Anyway, hit us up. Come out, support the support it. It's a good cause. Fun day. We're gonna have a great time, and uh, we'd love to see all you guys out there. So, yep, like Eric said, hit us up on either our social media, email the desert dirt biker at gmail dot com. Uh, send us a DM. Um, reach out. Yeah, we told you guys, uh, you know, six or eight months ago, we came up with this concept. We we talked about it. We got a lot of response backs, and people were interested. Um, it's for the most part a non-race weekend. I think there may be one event or something going on, but for the most part, you know, um, I think it's a clear weekend. So 
Come on up. Let's do it. Let's have fun. Looking forward to seeing everybody and uh, meeting all you guys and talking, talking dirt bikes. Sweet. Could be fun. <clears throat> so, Eric, <laughs> when you're over at Rocky Mountain today, getting all this good swag to and merch to to for our raffle, what were you really over there doing? Oh man. So first off, I had to call in sick today. Took a sick day. Um, it, it's not really sick when just it's a dirt my, bike. I had eye problems. So, <laughs> Actually, I, we have a sickness. I had a, yeah, it is a sickness. <laughs> I had a eyesight problems. I just couldn't see myself going to work today. <laughs> because I had a brand new Freshie KTM 450 XCF sitting at Rocky Mountain ATV over in St. George. And um, uh, those guys called us. So we ordered these bikes clear back in like April. I don't even remember. It was a while ago, back wow. in April or something. Um, thought they'd be there around July. I actually listed my 2019 KTM for sale. Was going to sell it because my, my 2022 was supposed to show up. And um, lo and behold, due to COVID and everything else, there was delays on releasing the, the 450 XCFs. So... It got pushed back from July, first or second week of July, to first or second week of August. And then the last they told us was sometime late November. So, wasn't really expecting it until November-ish. So, I uh, luckily didn't sell my bike. I decided to keep it. We ended up racing it at the, at the uh, Baja 400 down in Mexico. And on our way to that race... The shop called and said, hey, your guys' bikes are here. Ty got a new bike too, right? <clears throat> yeah, so my teammate Ty Harvey and myself, um, two years ago, we actually went in together and bought two brand new 2019 450s. We each bought one, um, but we went in on the same day and, and bought them together, and then we went out and did a little ride that day. And Anyway, it's been kind of fun. We, we, te we team up on all the best in the desert, Legacy, Baja, all these big off-road team races and so it's nice to have the same bike so that we can set them up similar we can race my bike at one event his at another and um you know so we we went and bought the same bikes the same time and everything and set them up very similar and, and we've done that and raced them for the last couple of years and anyway um you know they're getting tired i think i'm getting up around almost 200 hours on on my bike phenomenal bikes very reliable um been nothing but happy with these bikes and i i bled red i rode hondas for years and years and years um love the hondas love the x's um but man i absolutely love my ktm it's it's so good so anyway uh yeah so we both ordered 2022s comes with uh, the orange frame so I don't know if you guys know but KTM on the last year before major changes they do an orange frame and then the next three years are all black framed um, so they the so like for example the 2019 20 and 21s had black frames and and the 19 was the first year of of the new updates and then the 20 they make minor changes 21 they make minor changes 22 again fairly minor changes and then in 23 it'll be you know 
major changes again where they really revamp things. But um, <clears throat> that's kind of the cycle that KTM uses. But uh, like I said, the last year of that four-year cycle, they do an orange frame. So kind of a little tidbit of info that maybe you didn't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, so today, short, long story short, we picked up two brand new 2022 KTM 450 XCFs. Nice, and you and took it for a little spin, didn't you, already? Yeah, so I went out for a ride when I got home. Um, not a hard ride, it didn't really even fully gear up, just went for a little cruise. But uh, initial thoughts are the bike is is impressive. It's um, it's very similar to the 2019 model, but better in almost every aspect by a little bit. It's just almost like it's just a very refined 2019. Um, they made some changes with the forks. They made some changes internally, I think, um, in the motor to to help with even more longevity, which the bike was already bulletproof. Um, but yeah, minor changes, but noticeable enough to where it was like, wow, this is, feels similar. Um, it's recognizable, but it's uh, also feels improved in, in a lot of areas. So really looking forward to racing this new bike. Um, I think the forks are gonna be a, a good improvement. They made some significant changes to the air fork for the 22 model and i think um, just my initial impression was it had a little more hold up in the forks it uh it it felt very balanced um and um, yet just worked really well plush soaked things up felt like i would be able to soften the forks up quite a bit and still have good hold up in the fork and that's something that the 2019s lacked a little bit. It felt like they rode a little lower in the stroke. Um, so anyway, it's cool stuff. Looking forward to really putting some time on this bike. I'll probably be riding it for, I'll be riding the new bike for the trail ride because my 2019 is getting a full rebuild for the Baja 1000. We just raced that bike in the Baja 400. <clears throat> and again, I'll give you an update on that here, here in a little bit got a pretty cool story and some crazy stuff that happened during the Baja 400 so um but yeah anyway Jason and those guys at Rocky Mountain ATV in St. George hands down absolutely awesome awesome shop awesome guys in there um great to deal with great prices I've shopped all over the internet all over the country to find a good deal on these things bikes are just expensive nowadays but these guys aren't going to rip you off Go check them out. They they will absolutely take care of you. Um, just great people. So thanks to Jason and the crew over at Rocky Mountain ATV St. George. And again, huge shout out and thanks for the all the swag and parts and stuff that they gave us for the the raffle that we're gonna do. So super super good people. Cool. <clears throat> Well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do uh, kind of our events that we've been doing the last couple months or since our last um, episode. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we are back. It is um, race report time. So uh, we've had uh, quite a few races between Eric and I the last month or so. Pretty busy, pretty stoked, having a blast. Trying to juggle that with 
our life, but racing's more important, right? It's up there, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, anyways, so um, let's talk about Eric's Baja 400 uh, weekend or experience. And uh, I know they had some fun down there and some, some um, I don't know what you want to call it, some... Uh, Eventfulness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, Baja. It's Baja. I've never been there yet, but... Um... So this is going to give you a little taste of Baja. So, um, like you said, we've, we've been really busy racing. Uh, I think the last time we did a podcast, we had just finished the Vegas to Reno. Um, after that, we raced the Best in the Desert Laughlin race, and then, and then literally the next weekend, I think it was, we packed up and went to Mexico. So, so Laughlin was first. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So um, you want to talk about Laughlin first, or yeah? Bob? Let's let's hit Laughlin real quick. So Laughlin, best in the desert. Um, it's uh, standard Laughlin. They, it's it's kind of a UTV course, so it's a really bladed uh, seventeen mile loop, and it's ten laps, um, 10 17 mile loops, and uh, again, it's it's part of the best in the desert off road series. Um, you know, we're currently leading the points championship in that series. And, uh, so we went into this race with just a mentality of ride smart, um, finish, and then, you know, kind of see where we stacked up. But, uh, it was, uh, myself, Damon Bush and Tyler Harvey, um, our standard team. And for this race, Ty's bike, Ty's KTM was just basically wrecked from Vegas to Reno. I mean, it, it, a 500-mile race just hammers a bike, um, especially this rough, fast off-road races. It just destroys a bike. So pretty much after a race like that, we bring the bike back to the shop, fully strip it down, go through it, replace any parts that need to be replaced, freshen things up, change the oil, um, and then we touch every bolt before that bike goes to the next race. So... Um, that's what our pre our race prep looks like, and so his bike was down. My bike was uh, getting prepped for Baja, which was the very next weekend. So my bike was in the shop getting prepped, and we didn't want to destroy it at the Laughlin race. So basically, our KTM's were tied up, and Damon's dad Brent was kind enough to let us ride his uh, his Cowie four fifty. So out of all the main manufacturer bikes, um, I've raced almost every main manufacturer 450 out there with the exception of Kawasaki. So that was one bike that I've kind of always wanted to race, but just never really had the opportunity. And, um, you know, wasn't confident enough to just go out and buy one uh, for myself. So I know they're good bikes and um, a lot of people, you know, just love them. Anyway, Brent prepped the bike for us. It was an absolutely, absolute rocket. The, the motor on that thing pulled so hard. Um, it was, it was impressive to be honest. Um, for some sections, I really liked that to to have that power to get out of the corners and just really rip. But on the other hand, it kind of wore me out compared to the KTM's smooth, usable linear power. And so. Um, just a different, different motor package there. Um, as far as the bike setup, Brent did a really good job. 
it was a it, it was a little bit stiff on the suspension because it was it's kind of a setup for moto brent rides a lot more moto gp type stuff as opposed to you know a softer rough off-road setting so um but it worked really great never stepped out never got sideways anything crazy bike worked really good we had a great weekend um and we went tooth and nail dogfight with the walsh team walsh speed company and uh those guys they they put up a good fight that weekend and and uh i think it ended up coming down to like 42 seconds or something at the end we ended up grabbing the win but we went back and forth swapped positions five or six different times battled all day long and uh it made it a lot of fun it was a really fun weekend um i had never raced that course before it was really fast our average our moving average was like 60 60 something miles an hour 62 miles an hour or something so Our moving average was really quick. We usually don't even do that fast in, you know, most of the best in the desert races. Usually it's closer to 54, 56, stuff, something like that. So 60 mile hour moving average is, is insane. Um, but yeah, it was super fast course and a lot of fun. We got that W and it was a double points round. So I think we've actually kind of locked that championship up. Um, just got to get to the, the last round in Parker, Arizona, Blue Water Desert Challenge, and basically just go down there and finish and ride smart um, and have fun. Awesome. So that was Laughlin. And then, uh, like I said, the very next weekend, I actually contemplated leaving from Laughlin to go to Mexico, but I figured I better come home for uh, two days and spend a little time with the wife and kids before I took off. So come back and wash my gear too. So I came home uh, a couple days and then on Tuesday we left, went down to Baja, um, got down there Tuesday, pre-ran Wednesday and Thursday, um, tech inspection Friday, and then raced Saturday morning. So I pre-ran my section. I raced the uh, first 130 miles. So I raced from the start to just past Valle de Trinidad, which is Valley T, um, heading towards where it leaves Highway 3 and goes towards Mike Sky Ranch Road. So um, that's where we did our rider change, about race mile 130. Um, my section went really, really well. Uh, luckily, there wasn't a lot of humidity and, and fog in the morning like there sometimes is off the coast of Baja. Um, it was a pretty dry morning, so visibility was good. Um, the community was out in full force, man. People lined up along the course, uh, as you race through town and, and out of town there and just a really cool vibe, cool experience. But, um, I was a little amped up. We started fourth. There was four pro limited bikes in our class. We started fourth. Um, so I wanted to try and make up some time early in my section to give those guys a dust-free race and hopefully, you know, have no problems and and come away with a class win. So um, early on in my section, I was pushing pretty hard and came over a couple rollers, uh, race pace, race speed, courses lined with people on both sides. It's early. It's about 6.15 in the morning. 
sun's just coming up and we're racing into the sun. Um, I come up over a couple rollers and I had pre-run the section pretty well, knew, knew what, what it was about. And uh, I aired it out off a couple of these jumps and, and things were clicking, felt good. Came into the next section and there's a bit of a right hand off camber uh, turn that, that actually kind of, it's like a slight right into a harder right. And I didn't transition far enough to the outside to open up my angle, but uh, I came in a little bit hot. And as I came over that rise, I started to break and um, I could tell I was carrying a little too much speed and the bike was a little light. And I started pushing wide into that corner, pushed wide, pushed wide. It was a big uh, fence, kind of a barbed wire type wire fence on the outside of the corner. Mm. So I was like, okay, well I can, you know, I pushed a little bit off the off the road into the, you know, the rough, if you will. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I got this still. And I kind of leaned into it and gassed to try and stay off the fence. And it was just off camber enough that it slid me out. And so I kind of washed out off this corner off the start, like probably seven miles into the race. Broke the GPS off the bike. So then I was like, well, crap. Um, I wasn't hurt. Popped up real quick, hopped on the bike, took off. And uh, at that point, I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to win this race in the first few minutes, but I could certainly lose it. And that kind of grounded me again, brought me back to, to, uh, you know, okay, we got to ride smart and, and be conservative, conserve the bike, conserve myself. And so I, I regrouped, rode smart the rest of the time. Um, it was really, really dusty off probably the first 65 miles. I was in really, really thick dust chasing bikes. I, I'd pass one and I'd get right into another one, um, in the dust and, I think I made about four passes in the first 65 miles and finally opened up and got some fresh air. Um, so at that point, 65 miles in, things are clicking, riding good, and I, I had fresh air. So I put my head down, rode pretty hard, um, and reeled in a bit of a deficit that we had. And um, I lost some time in the dust and stuff, but, uh, and, Got to give it to them, the, the 100X and 1010, I think it was 109. Those guys were ripping, man. They were riding really good. Um, anyway, I think I, I was down about 10 minutes after, you know, mile 60, 65, somewhere in there. And then the next, um, the next section from 65 to 130. I brought it back within about six minutes of the leader. So I reeled, reeled him in, you know, within striking distance. And, and uh, anyway, passed the bike off the tie. Section went flawless. Everything went good. Had a couple sketchy moments where came around a corner pretty hot and there was a car coming backwards on the course. Hmm. Um, I did have some cattle on the course down there in a couple spots. So, I mean, it's Baja. It's sketchy. Um, you know, you got to go into Baja, that type of race with a mentality of this isn't an American closed course race. This, you know, this is an open, open course for the most part, people coming backwards on the course, stuff's going to happen, expect the unexpected. And, um, you know, we tend to ride 
80 to 85 percent down there we don't go down there and push 100 percent because it's just too sketchy i mean here you know at a best in the desert race we'll push 95 or 100 percent for most of the race and, and we're pushing pretty hard um, whereas down there we gotta you know respect baja otherwise it can bite you so um anyway the bike was running really good things were bike was strong uh I passed the bike off to Ty at, at mile 130, and he got on and rode up over Mike Sky Ranch. And if you've been through Mike Sky Ranch, it's really rough, really rocky and technical, slower, slower pace, technical stuff. So he's working his way through that, and um, we ended up having a light failure, the light mounting bracket. Um, it was a factory bracket, didn't hold up to the beating of Baja. That being said, in their defense, this was probably the roughest Baja I've ever raced. Um, I've raced down there six times now and been down there almost every year since 2010. And uh, this was probably one of the roughest courses I've seen, just choppy, square-edged, exposed rocks everywhere. Um, just really technical rough. So <clears throat> the light didn't hold up, it failed, it, the mount broke um, at the back of the light where it hooked to the main bracket. And so it was flopping around, hitting Ty in the hands, hitting the, the Stella tracker, um, getting caught in the forks and stuff when he'd go to turn, and just, just a nuisance, slowing him down, causing some issues. So he stopped and yanked the light off and, and ditched it in the desert and then uh, took off. Um, he brought the bike into 195. We fueled him. He looked good. Um, had lost a little bit more time on the other bikes, but still was strong and looking good. So um, he put his head down in the next section and rode to race mile 230, where he passed the bike to Ulysses, one of our other teammates from uh, <coughs> Ulysses Fierro. He's the rider of record for the team down there, and he, uh, he lives in Tijuana. Um, anyway, Ulysses got on the bike around race mile 230 and was going to ride to... 3.30, I think, 3.20 or 3.30. Um, <clears throat> he took off and got about 20 miles into his section, and the, the bike flamed out and died on him. Hmm. And he's like, what the heck? So pulls off, tries to start it, won't start, tries to start it, won't start. And uh, there was some spectators out in the desert where he had stalled. And the kid, some teenage kid says, hey, your bike's on fire. Your bike's on fire. So Ulysses jumps off the bike and looks, and he's got smoke and flames coming out the airbox. Pulls the airbox cover off, and the air filter's half burnt, uh, and it's like full-on flames in the airbox. So he's like, quick, get some dirt, get some dirt. And they throw <laughs> dirt, fill the, fill the airbox full of dirt. <laughs> There's some pictures of this, of the bike and stuff on our Instagram. But... Uh, and our Facebook, but um, yeah, full on bike fire. Um, ultimately, what ended up happening and, and what our failure was, and we won't do this again. And uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, um, <laughs> the Baja four hundred, we really didn't need a light. It started at six a.m. and ends, you know, as long as everything goes well, it ends around you know four o'clock or so, well before dark. And so we weren't expecting the need to ride in the dark or anything like that. 
and so we weren't we didn't have a the bike light hardwired to our battery um, but we had to have a bike light to pass inspection or tech inspection so um, what we did was um, I had a, a light that was wired up to a external battery or separate battery that would power the light for three to four hours and so we didn't run the light the entire time we just had to have it on the bike for tech and um, so I had it wired to that battery pack which was routed into the airbox and mounted in the airbox. Well, when the light broke off and was pulled off the bike, the wires were left exposed and those wires grounded out and heated up the lithium battery pack that was in the airbox, <laughs> catching the plastic case that it was in on fire and causing the hence the bike fire. Um, the bad news is is all that flame and heat got sucked into the motor. So it got sucked through the throttle body, did some damage to the, uh, there's a sensor in your throttle body that, that's a temperature, air temperature sensor. Um, and that's what helps tune the, to the fuel mixture and stuff and air mixture um, and the mapping and whatnot. So the, the, that sensor got overheated and burnt. The throttle body was all smoked out and, and looked like it you know, had breathed in fire. And then the, uh, anyway, I'm jumping ahead, but so they, they filled the airbox full of dirt. And then he was like, oh crap, now what? You know, what are we gonna do? So he called our teammate, Mark, who was just down the road a little ways, had just pitted him not too far before. So told him, Mark, the bike caught on fire. I don't know what to do. <clears throat> so Mark hauls butt back. Mark and Ty were in the truck together. So they flip a Yui and they're pinning it just hard as could be back to the race bike to try and get it going. <laughs> Ty said they, they ran that truck harder than they ran the race bike all day, he thinks. But anyway, it was, it was pretty epic. Um, they got back there. They ultimately tipped the bike upside down, dumped all the dirt out that they could, put it back upright, and then took took their hands and cupped their hands and poured gas in there and kind of cleaned the airbox out with gas um, the best that they could and and they put a new air filter on it cleaned it out and fired it up well the bike kind of spit spit and sputtered a little bit but blah, 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 you know kind of missing and stuff and USC's hammers the throttle you know and revs it up Still kind of spitting and sputtering, so Mark hops on it and goes ripping down the down the wash. Comes back, he's like, "All right, it's good." So Ulysses hops on and takes off, um, not knowing if we'd be able to finish the remaining 150 miles of this race. So, so they take off, and Ulysses gets into another really rough section, and about 20 miles in. The bracket that I had built for the Stella tracker snapped off. Um, <laughs> somehow it snapped, and it was—I don't know how it snapped—but it was a steel bracket that was mounted to the the top clamp of your bars. Um, anyway, there was too much, probably I guess, too much vibration in it. I didn't have it rigid enough and thick enough, I guess, but. Um, it failed, it broke, they had to stop, swap it out. Luckily we had another 
aluminum tracker mount that we mounted up. And so we lost a, lost a lot of time to all these, you know, issues and failures. Um, I've said this a lot on this podcast, but in order to win these big races, I mean, everything has to go right. You, you've got to have a flawless run. These, you know, the competition's so stiff and these guys are riding so fast. Um, one little failure like that can cost you several minutes, you know. And, um, at that point, for us, you know, obviously it came down to just, okay, now we've got to finish. You know, we're not in contention for a win, but we've got to finish. So our goal was to finish what we started, and uh, and that's what we did, man. We, we pushed on, pushed through it, and ultimately we ended up finishing the Baja 400, the bike. Uh, I got on for the last 30 miles because um, that was the start-finish section that I had pre-ran, so I ended up doing 160 miles, but I rode the last 30, and uh, the bike was running okay when you were on the gas, but as soon as you let off the gas into the corners, it was like, it would die. So it died probably 50 times on me from in that last 30 miles trying to get it back to the finish. So hmm. uh, somehow it made it. Um, probably because we were running blood lubricants in the bike. <laughs> <laughs> now, on, in all seriousness, the, the blood lubricants, Scorpion Blood's awesome. Great oil. Um, but I think we just, we got lucky, you know, uh, the bike flamed out quick enough and it didn't do too much damage to where it melted wiring harnesses and stuff like that. It did it really didn't get into all that. So, um, you know, a little bit of issues in the head with, uh, I think it sucked a little bit of dirt into the head and the, and the top end. Um, I, I've taken that bike and tore it down and started working on rebuilding it for the thousand and it had a bit of sand in the top of the motor so um that's all going to get replaced and fixed and we'll be ready for the thousand but anyway yeah baja story bike caught on fire <laughs> brackets broke uh crashes you know all kinds of stuff it's gnarly down there and um you know it takes a solid effort just to finish so but you got the checkered flag and you walked home we did. We're all healthy, and we're coming back for the thousand. And we know what mistakes we need to fix, and they will be fixed. So, we're, you know, it's fun. We like it down there. The tacos are part of the best part of the whole trip. We we got some awesome taco spots down there. We absolutely love it. Um, One of these days, he'll take corn dog down there. I'm trying to get him to go for the thousand, but he keeps coming up with excuses. So I don't know. <laughs> Elk hunt. Anyway, um, good time. Cool. Yeah, so um, we're back, back in the states, just prepping for the thousand. We've got a little, um, a little under two months to get the bike rebuilt and tested. Um, a new light setup put on it. And everything's got to be just right for the thousand. I mean, it's twelve hundred miles of grueling, gnarly, rough Baja racing that day during the day, racing during the night. I mean, the fastest teams finish this race in you know eighteen to twenty four hours. Um, the slower teams can take thirty six to forty forty two forty eight hours. So, um, mm. 
you know, 24 hours of nonstop racing is, is pretty gnarly deal. So everything's got to be, everything's got to be right. Everything's got to be aligned. My, my, my race bike right now is completely stripped down to the frame. Every nut and bolt on that bike will be touched and tightened and, and loctited and checked. Um, every piece of that motor has been gone through and inspected. I've got parts ordered to rebuild the motor, redo the valves. Um, you know, it's getting bearings, wheel bearings, uh, linkage bearings. The entire bike's basically getting rebuilt and we'll be ready for the thousand, man. Sweet. <clears throat> Sweet. Sorry, a little long-winded. <laughs> But uh, anyway, what about you? How, you know, where you've been racing? So, um, I think the last podcast we did, we were just getting done with my bike. Eric helped me rebuild my top end. Basically, um, my bike's only got 17 hours on it anyway, I think. And, yeah, it was pretty low hours. Um, but we did a top end. I put a new pipe on it. Um, Basically went through it. I got my suspension tuned up, new rear spring from my nephew at Sportsman Cycle in Vegas. Um, felt great. Anyways, so I headed off to the works race, round six in Cedar City, Utah. Brand new location. It's um, the Three Hills Oasis, I think it's called. And it's like a water park out in the middle of nowhere. Phenomenal phenomenal location dude the pictures for that looked awesome looked yes. like people had a blast there huh? it was crazy people could put pull their rvs right up to the water they had this big um slide where it would shoot like a massive water slide jump right? yeah or there was a jump too i think kids could ride their bicycles or whatever or whoever it was just it was just awesome i got there late friday but night I mean, like the water slide launched you into the lake like yeah, like you flew on. like 100 feet in the air. <laughs> Pretty epic. <clears throat> anyway, so awesome, awesome location. Got to hand it to uh, the Perrys and, and the works organization for coming up with this location and all they do. Anyways, I, I my race was um, Saturday morning. I got up early, slept in the bed of the truck, went over there to sign up. So I was going to do the unclassified. The line was so long. I ended up standing in the wrong line because I pre-registered. Anyway, so I missed the unclassified. So I got ready for my race and wasn't quite sure what to expect. I know there was a lot of trees, a lot of turns, and um, what a blast. Anyways, my race, I ended up losing my rear brakes. And um, that was crazy. I'm not a big front brake guy. And let me tell you, I learned how to use my front brakes. <laughs> um, I know everybody tells me that's the key, so maybe I have that down pat now. So what did what did it do for you? What did you notice that, I mean, was there something that it helped you with or you felt like it was? I don't know, because it seems like I steer a lot with my rear brakes. And this was a lot, this, this course had a lot of turns, lots of turns. So that's a thing. I mean, there's people that that are front steering and there's people that are rear steering. And there's that's kind of two different ways to to steer a bike or handle a bike. And um, you know, not saying one is 
better over the other. I mean, it's it's kind of a riding style, I guess. But right, yeah. So just interested. Yeah. Just curious. So, I I was doing pretty good and lost the brakes and kind of had to back off a little bit, and then my brakes would come back, but then my rear tire would stick. So I was like dragging. So there was 20 guys, 20 racers in my class. I still ended up eighth, which isn't bad. So nice. I, I was impressed with that. Anyways, um, it's a two-day race or, you know, events for two days. Uh, we have a family cabin up in Duck Creek, not too far away. So I decided to head up there, wash my gear. I put new brake pads and new brake fluid in. And I decided to find a class on Sunday and come back to race. I had such a blast. So I came back and I raced the junior vet class. And the junior vet starts at 25 years old and up. And I am not positive, but I think I was the oldest guy out there. I mean, I'm only 30. Wink, wink. <laughs> 30 plus. <laughs> anyway. 25. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyways, went out there. Had a freaking blast. We did, I did an more uh, one more lap Sunday than I did Saturday. And I actually, let me take that back. I got ninth on Saturday in my class. Came back Sunday and raced in the junior vets and I got eighth. Um, out of like 20 guys or something like that. So I, I thought I did better. I know Sunday... On the start, I kind of got pinched between two guys, and it was everything I could do to from keep from going down, and just I just couldn't catch them guys. I, I caught a bunch of them, but couldn't catch them top seven. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the, that's scary when you're bar to bar with. Yeah, I was pinched like, in between a bunch of guys, and it's crazy coming in hot. I know. I talked to the one guy at at the finish line. Get your elbows up. And he. Uh, my bike actually ripped his pants right above the boots. I don't know if it was my tire or my foot peg or something, but he apologized. You know, it's just, that's racing. It happens. Anyway, the most important thing is I had a blast. I had a smile on my face all week, and I walked. Um, I walked away. And fun. <clears throat> and then um, Two weeks later, we had round seven and eight at Glen Helen, which is this is last weekend, yesterday and Saturday. And uh, it was two rounds, so my class raced both days. And since everything, since everything was so tight, they didn't have an unclassified, but they had a sight lap. So I was able to do the sight lap Saturday and then go race. And there was 25 in my class on Saturday. And I um, came away with a fourth place. I missed third place by like six seconds, I think it was. Nice. And so I wasn't going to do the sight lap on Sunday. But we heard that they were changing the course, turning around backwards, changing around. So I went ahead and went over there and signed up. It was 10 bucks to do a sight lap. Well worth the 10 bucks. <laughs> Again, I was sleeping in the bed of my truck. Uh camping next to my buddy Mo and uh by the way congrats on Mo Saturday he got his first first place in works and pretty stoked for Mo nice Mo good work dude so uh pretty stoked 
And um, anyways, sleeping in the bed of my truck Saturday night, about 4 a.m. Sunday morning, started raining. <laughs> I jumped up out of my truck, threw everything I could up in the truck, the cab of the truck, jumped in. As soon as I get in there, settled down, it stopped raining. But it's one of those things, if I would have laid there in the bed of the truck, we would have had a massive downpour. Uh, it's Martin's Law. <laughs> Anyways, woke up, uh, went and raced, and my gosh, what a blast. I did the sight lap. I didn't like it. I didn't think it flowed, but once I got out there for the regular race, it just, it was, man, I was not ready to see the checkers. <laughs> and on that note, um, I don't know if any of you know me personally or whatever, but the last few months I've been training a lot on my road bike, bicycle, and mountain bike. So I've got almost, or over 700 miles on the bicycles and I'm down about 50 pounds and what a difference it makes on the, on the dirt bike. And been eating a little different, so um, until I come over to Eric's and we're sitting here eating a bag of Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Sunday's race, what a blast. Uh, I think 15 or 20 signed up Sunday. And uh, I ended up in fifth place. Is it fifth? Yeah, fifth. Yeah, and the top five guys finished. We were t within 21 seconds of each other. It was like bar to bar the whole race, nonstop. There was not a lot of places to pass, and there was some slower riders that we were catching or lapping, and that was um, played a big part of it. But, oh man, again, I wasn't ready to see the checkers. It was fun. Anyways, good job to um, the Perry family and the Works family. Phenomenal job. I know those guys stay up all night, Saturday night, prepping course, watering course. Uh, a little bit of shout out to um, our little buddy. He was a Moran racer, uh, Eric Donowski. He crashed um, Saturday. Uh, not doing, I think he's doing a lot better. I messaged him yesterday, but took a ride, did an ambulance, intensive care, collapsed long, punctured long, broke ribs, broke arm, possibly a hip. Seemed like every time we talked to his dad, there was another injury they found. So, um, heal up, buddy. And um, I think we have round nine in three weeks in Mesquite for works. I think it's three weeks, maybe four weeks away. It's in October. Anyways, um, lots of fun. That pretty much sums up. So I've raced... Four races in the last two weeks. Yeah, man. Like I said, it's been busy, but it's been fun. So, um, yeah, if you guys are out at the races, come say hi. Uh, we're out there, you know, and uh, like to meet our fans and the people that are listening to the show. And, um, and tell us who your name is because you come up and say, "Hey, corn dog," or "Hey, Eric." <laughs> say, "Hey, I'm Bob," or whatever. Right. <laughs> All right. No, that's cool. I've met a lot of people that, you know, through this and, uh, and some really cool people out there. So thank you guys for listening and, um, we'll try and do some more 
tech tip stuff with maybe rebuilding the motors and stuff. Um, like I said, I'm doing a full full motor rebuild on that 2019 450XCF right now. And there's some there's some cool little tips and stuff that we could could do a show on. Um, KTM does some really cool stuff with their engines. Uh, a bit different from the Hondas that I'm used to working on. And so, um, anyway, pretty cool. But uh, we're going to wrap this one up. It's getting late. Um, we've got the trail ride to to mark this week and get everything ready. Uh, like I said, come on out, ride with a group of friends, and have a heck of a fun day. So, If you're interested in coming out and playing with us, going on a little trail ride, message us, let us know. We kind of need a head count, you know, a handful of us, but uh, we are going to have to run over to the store, probably over in Cedar or Vegas, and um, get get our lunch and our dinner supplies. So, Well, then we want to make sure we got enough shirts for everybody and, yeah. and all that. So, yeah, give us a heads up if you know you're coming. Just shoot us a message or a text um, and uh, let us know. Yeah, and come help support and donate to Eric's cause, getting him and his team to the Baja 1000, and crap, maybe he'll drag me there. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. All right, well, let's call it, I guess. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Heck yeah, hopefully it'll be sooner. Maybe maybe our trail ride, we'll do a little, um, little podcast that night and... Get a few guys to interview or whatever. All right. We'll see y'all later. See you at the races. All right, guys. We want to take a quick second to talk about our sponsors. Without these guys, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So um, we're going to throw it all into one little episode right here or one little commercial. Uh, Go check out Blood Lubricants at bloodlubricants.com. Recreation Tires at rectires.com. And throw me a bone at theantlerchew.com. Go support those guys. They support us. Yeah. Blood Lubricants make some of the best oil. We run them in Vegas to Reno, Baja, all the big races. And uh, it's great stuff. So go check those guys out. Mm-hmm. We, we run their Scorpion Blood. Um, amazing stuff. Also, Rec Tires, Nate... Up in Pioch at Rec Tires has great deals on on tons of different stuff, not just tires, but he carries all kinds of products. Go check them out. And if you got a dog, jump on the antlerchew.com, order some dog chews. Your dog will love you. Go check those guys out. They keep us flowing, keep us going, and uh, we appreciate them a bunch. So, all right, back to the show. Thank you for listening to the Desert Dirt Biker. Make sure you tune in next time.